Um, so today I'm going to talk about uh, being a receiver. I think a lot of times in the fast we're focusing um, on what we can do, uh, like fasting and praying and increasing our spiritual uh, practices. But I also want to really focus on what we can receive uh, from God and from Christ. So today I'm going to talk about being a receiver. Okay, this is the Chargers. <laughs> I don't know, sorry for all you Rams fans out there, but uh, this is a football team, the Chargers. I know nothing about football, but this um, has been a family favorite in the Abraham household recently. My boys have been obsessed with football the last year, and I don't know why, but that's all they do and all they talk about. So I thought if I want to enter into their little world, I need to understand the game of football a little bit. So I sat down one time on the couch with the boys, and I asked them about the game of football. So <laughs> these are the positions. Um, I, was, I asked Joshua, I said, okay, Joshua, tell me what that guy does over there, the quarterback. And he said, mom, the quarterback is the one that calls the plays and he passes the ball to the other teammates. I said, okay, that's fine. Um, I said, what about those guys over there, the running backs and the tight ends, what do they do? And then Joshua said, they give short balls and the tight ends help block uh, for the quarterback. I said, okay, sounds easy so far. What about those guys out there, the wide receivers? And Isaac said, Mom, the wide receivers get as wide as they can, <clears throat> as open as they can, to receive the ball, and they score the touchdowns. And so, and he said, they're the most important player on the offensive uh, lineup. And so it kind of hit me, and I was like, what? I think we're supposed to be wide receivers. And I feel like in the spiritual life, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to get open and get wide, to receive the balls, and to score the touchdowns. So, anyways, I ended up watching the game. I still didn't understand it, but um, made me think a little bit about being a wide receiver. Mother Teresa says it really nicely. Before we receive anything from God, we first have to have room for him. So, we need to be empty. Mother Teresa says, let us remi uh, remain as empty as possible so that God can fill us up. And so that is what I want to talk about today, is how to be empty in order to receive. So my question for you is, how full is your cup? How full are you? I think it's a good time to reflect and ask ourselves, what are we full of? What is our life full of? I think all of us have many obligations, a lot of distractions, a lot of things we fill our time with. So that's a question. I think during the fast, we try to simplify our lives externally. But I also think it's really important to ask ourselves, what is our heart cup full of? What is filling up my heart? Is it sins? Is it distractions? Is it other idols I have that's taking up place and space that God should be occupying? So we reflect on the outside distractions of our cups and what's filling our time, but also the inward distractions and the inward fullness. So those are things I want us to think about today. So I think there are four main components to work on and to think about um, to become empty in order for God to fill us. So these are the four things I came up with. Um, kenosis, which I'll talk about in a second, humility, detachment, 
and becoming a beggar before God. Okay, I don't know. Oh, sorry, it's kind of small. Uh, kenosis is, I don't know if you've heard this term, you may have before. It's a Greek term which means um, emptying, emptying of yourself. And uh, it's often used in Christian theology, actually, um, as a form of Christ, Jesus Christ emptying himself. And a lot of, a lot of times it's referred specifically to Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, um, when Christ, it talks about, St. Paul talks about Christ emptying himself. And so I'll just read you the passage really quick. Um, St. Paul is telling us, let this mind in you be in you, which is also in Christ. Basically, he's saying, think the same way Christ thinks. He says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Remember this. He made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, to death even death of the cross. So this self-emptying that Christ did for us all the way to the cross is something we as his children need to learn to do as well. So kenosis is something he presented and he um, displayed for us. It's something we also need to learn to adopt, this self-emptying to the point of the cross. There's a beautiful hymn we sing on Good Friday. It's called Omonogenis. I will not sing it for you. <laughs> um, trust me, <laughs> I don't know how to, but... <laughs> But it's really pretty, it's beautiful, and I, I listened to it the other day, it's, it's very like long and slow, just like all the hymns are on Good Friday. But the meditation is about kenosis, and about, it's kind of the epitome of, of Christ's self-emptying on the cross. So those are some of, the, some of the words, it's very beautiful, you can take a look at that. So, um, like I said, kenosis is emptying ourselves in order to receive from God. So um, this is a good practice we should learn to do, um, and really it's the ultimate humility, I think, for Christ to do this, for us to be on the cross for our sins is uh, the most humble example in the world. So that leads me to my second point, which is humility. Okay, Elder Porphyrius, Wounded by Love, I love this book so much. Um, he says that a lot of times in the spiritual life we're struggling, struggling to receive from God. Like God wants to give us so much and we're always trying to get, get things from him and we don't. He simply says, and you receive nothing, he says. And he says, why? Because you lack one thing. That one thing is humility. And um, I think it's very true. So the reason I write pray for humility is because I think it's something we all need to pray for. I think humility is one of those things where we need so much of and it's really hard to acquire. So praying for humility is a, is a start uh, for sure. Um, there's a reason why the church fathers say that humility is the mother of all virtues uh, because it always ends and starts and begins with humility. Everything does. And sorry, starts and ends with humility. So, um, And St. Isaac the Syrian also quotes... Um, he's saying that the person who stands before God deficient in what is required is very dear to God. So again, humility attracts the grace of God. It does. It says, you know, God says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So we, we want this sense of grace from God. So humility is what's going to really bring and allow us to receive from God. I think 
In order to really um, be humble, there are two things that need to happen. Uh, I think it's like two, two sides of the coin. One is our awareness of our nothingness. I think it begins there. We have to really know who we are. We have to understand that we are nothing, <laughs> that we came as dust, we were formed as dust, um, that just like Job says, naked I come and naked I leave. Uh, Job is a very humble man. When, through all of his tribulations and trials and testing, he remained so humble and understood his place in the world and in, in, his, in, in the picture of God. And so I really think that in order for us to be humble, we really have to know and understand who we are. Um, and I also think in light, the other side is to know and understand who God is. <clears throat> when we know our nothingness and we know his everythingness, humility becomes very natural. Because now we, now we see who we are and we see who he is and we understand, like, it's very simple. <laughs> we say, wow, like, there is no comparison, and I can do nothing apart from him. So when we also meditate on the greatness of God, when we understand who he is, when we glorify him, when we praise him, when we spend more time in prayer and meditation and reflection, our awareness of his greatness grows. And our awareness grows, and it really helps us to understand who we are in light of who he is, and that's, um, I think, a natural step towards humility. This is my dog, Ruby. <laughs> um, Ruby, we've had her for like three years now, and she is Andrew's favorite uh, person in the house. <laughs> Living thing, for sure. Don't know how that happened, but she is. Um, <laughs> she's like, I would think, an average-sized dog. She's about 12 pounds. To me, it's like, I don't know, she's average size. And anyways, <clears throat> uh, I never think of her as being small. But when I take her for walks or I take her to the dog park, Ruby is small. She is so tiny in comparison to all the other dogs out there. And I don't feel it when I'm at home. She fits like perfectly on my chair. She fits around my house and my furniture perfectly. She doesn't seem small to me. But really when I take her out and I compare her to the other dogs, she's small. She's really small. And I think that is... <laughs> I picture us like that, like with God. It's when, I, it's when I really realize and I compare ourselves to him and his greatness, then I really understand our nothingness and our smallness and our littleness. And so I don't think we can understand our smallness or littleness unless we're seeing it in the light of God's greatness. And so that is, that is what I was trying to portray. The next point is detachment. Uh, we hear about this a lot in our spiritual life. Bunacrolis likes to talk about detachment a lot. Um, this is a beautiful example of detachment. I'll read it to you. It's about um, Amba Macarius, the Egyptian. So an old man came, went to him, oh, sorry, a young disciple went to him, and he said, Abba, give me a word. And he said, sure, go to the cemetery and abuse the dead. So throw stones at them. So he went, he threw stones at them, he abused he cursed them. He said all kinds of bad things. He came back to Emma Macarius, and Emma Macarius said, did they say anything to you? And he said, no. He said, okay, great. Tomorrow, go back and praise them. Tell them they're angels. Tell them they're saints. Tell them they're holy and righteous. And so he did. He went back to the cemetery. He does the same thing, and he comes back to Emma Macarius, and, he's, and Emma Macarius asks him, so what did they say? Did they say anything? He says, no. He says, very good. You likewise be like the dead man. In order to be saved, you must be like the dead man. And that is a beautiful example of detachment. When we're not attached to 
the praises of people, when we're not attached to the insults, we're not attached to what people think, we're not attached to our egos, our pride, our positions, anything we possess, that sense of detachment allows us to be in a, an environment and creates the space for God to be closer to us and to fill us. We went to Egypt this last winter, my family and I, for a service trip, and it was really nice. Um, we went and saw a lot of you know, poor, poor families in Upper Egypt specifically is where we were. Um, but this specific family and this specific lady really stood out to us and made an impression on us. Um, if you can see in these pictures, uh, they're very, very poor. Nothing, nothing. But even in what they have is not in any condition. I don't even think they really have a roof over their head. It was kind of like straw huts. Um, they didn't really have food. I think they were boiling water because water is not safe there and clean. <clears throat> So we went around the house very, like, humbled just by the, by the environment. And we kept asking them, like, specifically this lady. She's like the mom. And we kept saying, do you need anything? Do you need anything? And she's saying, no, thank God, thank God, thank God. Everything was thank God, thank God. And she, if you looked at her face, she had the most peace and, like, love in her face. Her smile was beaming from ear to ear. She was so happy and so joyful. Anyways, as we were leaving, we passed by this little area. It's really hard to see, but in the middle picture there, in the wall, there's a small little TV that's like in their wall. And I noticed, I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's a little TV here. And it was kind of glitching. And so she noticed that I noticed the, the TV. And so she looked at me and she's, this is all in Arabic and someone's helping us translate. Um, she's like, there is one thing. And I said, what is it? And she said, the TV. And I thought, okay. She's like, See, I wake up in the middle of the night and I do the midnight praises. And I wake up early and I pray the first hour. And then I pray the third hour and the sixth hour and the ninth hour. And I thought, okay. And she's like, but I don't know how to read. So the TV is what I rely on to pray. She listens to the Egbeya and prays along with the TV. And I thought we need to get this girl who's <laughs> lighting a TV like now. But... You know, she's not watching the Chargers football games. She's not watching Bravo TV. Um, she wants the TV so she can pray. And so this lady who already has nothing um, has a level of detachment in her heart that is deeper and wider than anything I've experienced before. And it was a beautiful example to my family and I of, um, of the spirit of detachment. The final point I wanted to make is how to be a beggar before God. So St. Pope Corollas, uh, we all love him so much, and we've grown to love him just from his stories and all the things we hear about him. But one thing I think we all really admire about Baba Corollas is his level of holiness and piety and the graces he has, the gifts he has. He's a wonder worker in his miracles. But I think the level of holiness strikes us all. Like, how is this man so holy? And so somebody once asked one of his, like, disciples, um, a holy father who worked really, served really closely with Pope Corollas, and said, what was his secret? And he said, Pope Corollas was a beggar before God. His hands were always open and he begged God for everything. He saw himself as nothing, and he was a beggar before God. 
And I really believe that heart and that disposition is what allowed him to attract so many graces and gifts. Um, as we all know, he's full of them. So that um, complete emptying himself allowed the grace of God to be upon him. So I pray that uh, during this time of Lent, we can all learn how to be empty and to be wide receivers, uh, to receive God's abundant love and grace and uh, to the fullness of God. So that's all I have. Thank you. So in your experience, what would you say is um, like, a way of, because I think God um, puts us in positions of being humbled or, or being, being uh, rid of any sort of attachments, but um, practically speaking, is there anything that people can do or is it something that we just have to allow God to work in us to be emptied, to be detached? I think I definitely think that it goes both ways. I think there are things that we must do on a practical level uh, to become more detached. I think the church really is good at creating um, systems for us to help us, as the fast is one of them. So I think you know fasting is naturally a form of detaching ourselves and and uh, you know restricting our bodily desires and our fleshly desires for food and comfort um so i think fasting is one of them praying when we increases when we increase our prayer time and prayers in the church and liturgy we naturally become more um stripped of things and just more aware of god's presence in our life so i think there are definitely different things to become empty like i said but practicing and you, you mean more of a practical level of detachment i think small things like even when your spouse wants Thai food and you don't, and or when your spouse wants, <laughs> he doesn't, Andrew doesn't like Thai food that much, but um, when your spouse wants something and you don't, and you just say, okay, sure, I'll have it today, no problem. You just slowly crucifying desires, um, slowly not allowing ourselves to indulge in everything we want and just kind of becoming less interested, less um, opinionated, less... Um, just being okay, going with the flow, just like the dead man when we threw, he threw rocks at him, nothing happened to him, you know, it was just less of that reaction, less of the like, me, 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 I, 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 you know, less of that, and more of just like, anything, it's okay, whatever God allows, whatever God wants, so there, there, there is definitely an element of like, submission and surrender um, to, to detachment, so that's a good way to, I think, practice. And practice. I also liked what Abuna said in the sermon today, hmm. when he said um, that this Lent, it's all about getting rid of the little things, right? Yeah. It's the little things that we, do. we have hundreds and thousands of ones that we have every day. It's kind of being aware of the little things that we can crucify ourselves with. Yeah. And then we have this spiral of emptying ourselves. And then once we empty, God will fill. God will be doing the filling. But our, our job is to, like the cup that you showed, mm -hmm. is constantly trying to empty that little by little, exactly. I think. Exactly. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Kathy, for giving the talk today. is very, sure. very nice. I, it's, it's interesting. Like all this stuff is very countercultural, right? Yes. I mean, it's like, like it's, it's you know, one is on one side is what the church and God wants from us, and on the other side is what culture yeah. wants and dictates for us. I mean, you can go point by point. Kenosis, you know, emptying yourself, like that's 
there's no example of that in culture. It's mm. all about filling yourself and yeah. making, you know, to, to the brim, yeah. you know, humility. It's, you know, even, even the concept of, you know, the overplayed selfie or whatever, whatever it is, it's all about, it's all about drawing attention to yourself. Yeah. Detachment, there's no such thing that exists right now. And it's, it's just, it's very, uh, it's, it's very eye-opening, uh, at least in my experience, when you're on the cultural side of things, there's a great deal of discord and a great deal of tension and a great deal of, uh, you know, whether it's anxiety or just not feeling right. And, you know, when you're able to shift even some of those things towards the, the, the four things you were talking about today, yeah. there's just a sense of more peace. There's exactly. a sense of just, you know, uh, allowing... Th- God and the Holy Spirit to, to, to reside reside within you. So thank you for that reminder today. Yeah, I actually had a slide on here. I removed it. I probably should have kept it on. I called it the great paradox. And it, and it just kind of quoted examples of the, of the Bible like that, like the first shall be last and the last will be first. You know, um, he who shall, you know, uh, want to save his life shall lose it, you know, for his sake. I think Abuna quoted that today. In the Bible, the Bible is full of the teachings of Christ are very paradoxical, like very um, opposite, like you said, of what we think. And um, to humble himself to the point of death and death on a cross is the ultimate example for, uh, for that paradox. But I love that the church provides an environment for us to start thinking along those ways, away from the cultural thinking, right? And I think the church protects us and provides a different mentality for us uh, to think that way. So I think that's why it's so important for us to be entrenched in the church and our kids to be entrenched in the church because everything else will teach you otherwise. Yeah. Just one thing I was kind of putting together with what Mike was saying earlier is I think that, like, um, I think some people are blessed with just being able to hear and think and meditate on these things uh, and, and have them become part of them. Mm through what you know through the grace of god through prayer through attending church and and i think i think god bridges the gap for for those who who need more right mm. in terms of the the experience so maybe in the in the case of like job for instance he needed he needed those trials to 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 attain those things some people god bless them like you know and i think we've known some of these people in our lives they just seem to be it's innate to them Mm. like they have this this peace about them they have this this comfort about them this detachment this humility and then some of us need to be need need to have it put on us so to speak and i think i think if we're receptive to it that that god does does put those things in our lives we just have to be to look at them and recognize them for what they are, not just suffering and trials and whatever. It's like these things are, are p- placed there for you yeah. to, to experience it and to, to, to know it and to become detached, to, to become humble, to, yeah. to become a beggar, right? And, and that, I think it's really nice. The last point you made was it's almost like the step towards being a beggar. Like mm-hmm. these things, you need those things before yeah. you become the beggar yeah. you know well that's also why I said pray for humility because I like it's it's not natural right and I think you know one of the verses I don't know where it is in the gospel he says you do not have because you do not ask ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full I think one of the things we can ask for literally is pray is humility is detachment we can pray for these things and God will provide it above and beyond in his way you know and in, in what he sees fit for our, our circumstances in our life 
but we have to also ask for those things. You know, we need to ask for them, those things. So that's important. That was a great talk. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The detachment. Sure. How do we uh, practice detachment without it becoming indifference or at least being perceived as indifference towards others? Towards others? Yeah. So, so, so sometimes detachment can be perceived as indifference mm-hmm. or it can actually become indifference, just begin indifference, indifferent to those around us. Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we balance that? Um, do you mean like indifferent, like people will think I'm such an, like I don't really care or I don't have it, like, is that what you mean? Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's different levels of, deta- different um, styles, I guess, of detachment, like detaching from things that really don't matter. But when it, when it comes to something that matters, you, you, you're, there, you're there, you have an opinion, you, you do, you have a belief, you're strong when it comes to defending your faith, your church. Somebody's hurting my child. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, whatever, I don't care. You know, there's times for me to step up and times for me to say what is right and what is true, to defend the truth. I will step up to defend the truth. I will step up to protect somebody. I will step up, um, you know, for my faith. So, but if it's something else that is trivial, that is more fleshly, and not, you know, more spiritual, then those are the things I think that God wants us to detach from, is the more of the cares of the world, but um, not the spiritual things. And I also want to say, like, I think detachment goes to more of the, of the material world. Yeah, exactly. And our desire to care and worry are about people. Yes. Our lives, yes. right? The, the children exactly. of God, while detachment is more of material. Material, exactly. Yeah, that's definitely true. Randy, were you kind of like like going back to the Thai food example, right? It's like, it's like you may want Thai food, right? Or not want Thai food, but you're like, but, but part of it is you say, oh, I, you know, whatever you want, right? And then the other person interprets yeah. that as like, oh, he just doesn't care about this situation. He doesn't care about what food we eat or whatever. Is that kind of, yeah. And, and like, so like, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but like if somebody else has a thought on that, I mean, uh, like because that that it is received that way sometimes it's like just you're just uh, he doesn't care you know it's like I love you Sherry yeah. I think there was <laughs> I think there was a story that Abuna Krolos gave where there was youth that were meeting the or that were visiting the monastery and they went to one of these monks and they wanted to tease him and keep changing his mind like hey yes, let's go this. do this let's yes. go do that and all the monks said okay sure i'll do that oh okay so he kind of went with the flow mm-hmm. to to show that he's completely detached yes. and all he cares is he wants the joy for them yes he was doing the joy for them yes. and not himself at yes. all he yes. was literally going with the flow yeah if i may uh, say my point of view on uh, saint macarius when he said that advice to his disciple uh, he did not mean it in material matter. He meant the feeling because material can come and go. But I think with the monks, uh, what it matters to them in the pride is is the the spiritual side of things, not not the actual uh, what they own, what they don't, and and food, etc. Uh, so, so a person uh, when Saint Macarius said the example uh, to his disciple. Uh, I think he's trying to take the pride away from that man. Um, if you've been praised, don't think, hey, you know, I made it. I'm in the top of the mountain. I'm already up there. Yeah. Um, at the same token, um, no, don't, don't think that way. You think this is God's gift. That's like a dead man, right? Don't even take pride on that. Um, 
And at the same token, the opposite side of it, if somebody puts you down, come and criticize you, how a horrible job you've done. That's rude. That's this, that's that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's obviously, and a person will have to acknowledge that because, again, we don't want to come as uh, uh, indifference. So we, we should, we sh we should so show some emotion because that's relative if that person's sensitive to that. So I think we have to show some emotions. Uh, but at the same token, uh, you know, inside me, I have to rebuke myself even more uh, if I was really made a, made, a, made a mistake towards that person. Um, so that's my understanding from Senator Macarius uh, and, and, and uh, statements with disciples. So. Thank you. I think um, just to just to elaborate on that part, I think you're right. I think it, the inside, of course, if we do something wrong, we say we did something wrong, or we uh, assume our our own sin inside of us, right? But I think it, the de yeah, he's saying the detachment inside, like not to to hold on to what people think or pr you know the praise of people, the insults of people, that you're so detached from that that it's 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 an internal thing that it doesn't affect you because you know all that matters is your relationship with God, right? So that you are able, you're free then at that point to offer love, to offer forgiveness, to, to be in harmony with your neighbors, you know? Not to answer my own question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fine, please do. <laughs> I don't think I answered it properly, no, no, you, so you please You did do. answer it. You answered <laughs> and, and actually, I, I like your answer a lot, and I think kind of like to synthesize it in, in my own head. Because I've thought about this story of St. Macarius a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a very impactful story, something I, I, co I contemplate for myself a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the, the, there's the distinction is between what I give to others and what others give to me. Mm -hmm. So what they give me, I'm detached from. Mm -hmm. So if they give me praise or they give me hate, right. it doesn't matter. Right. But what I give to others is always love. Yeah. So maybe that's... Maybe that's the no, that's very good. That's true. That's true. Sorry, I kept it pretty short. No, we're good. Thank you. Through the intercession of ever-Virgin Theotokos, Mother of God, St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. John the Baptist, St. John the Beloved, St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Pope Carlos VI, and all your prophets and saints who have pleased you since the beginning. Hear us and pray truth all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, you're welcome. Thank you.